Hello, I'm Jan Jordan, and I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Stephen Lakaitis, a board-certified ophthalmologist who specializes exclusively in plastic and reconstructive surgery of the eyelid, and welcome him to beautyfy.com podcast. The topic for today will be cosmetic lower eyelids. Hello, Dr. Lakaitis. Can you please tell us a little bit about your medical training, background, skills, and experience? Good morning. Just to talk a little bit about, let's say, my experience in regards to this. I have uh, close to 40 years of experience in working with lower eyelids, amongst other things around the eye. Anything that touches the eye from a skin point of view is what my expertise is. I went to medical school in St. Louis. I did my internship at UC Irvine Medical Center, my residency in a whole bunch of places, both at Stanford University and in West Texas at Texas Tech. Then I went to Houston, where I was a fellow uh, in oculoplastic and reconstructive work at the University of Texas, Houston. Following that, I did go into practice in Houston, and um, I was a an assistant professor at uh, UTMB Galveston, uh, University of Texas, Houston, and also at Texas Tech University. And so I do like to teach. Following that, uh, a few years later, I joined Orbis, the world's only flying eye hospital, as their specialist in oculoplastic and reconstructive work. But also at the same time, I was promoted to the uh, medical director and traveled the, the world internationally, training doctors in over 40 countries. I have actually been to 120 countries. And from that, I have gleaned a lot of information about my own uh, ways and you know skills from that. Uh, following all of that, what I did was I actually settled in Seattle. Uh, the reason why was because this was actually the nearest port of entry from the Far East. I was traveling quite often to China, uh, Korea, uh, Hong Kong, and a few in Southeast Asia. And so uh, I decided to uh, put my home in Seattle, joined the medical practice there, and then uh, essentially started a lower laser and medispa here in uh, Kirkland, Washington. Have been in practice for a good number of years, and currently my specialty is related to oculoplastics. And we have over 1,500 doctors that refer to us at the present time. About uh, a third to a half are actually cosmetic portions uh, within the surgeries. And uh, one of our expertise is actually the lower eyelid and all the uh, different um, combinations and permutations that we need to know about that. Thank you for that. What is the most common concerns that can be addressed by lower eyelid surgery? The most interesting thing to know about the lower eyelid uh, from, let's say, a puffy point of view, people come in and they say, uh, I have puffy lower eyelids. And they'll say, and this is the most common one, is they'll say, I'm tired of people telling me I'm tired. I'm tired of being told I'm tired of what's going on. And because they say I look tired, even though I'm not tired. So it's uh, very interesting to see that their perspective is uh, people telling them that they look tired. And uh, so they would like to address that. And there's many things that can be done for that. Your website states that you will tailor my eyelid surgery to me. Can you explain to me how this is done 
and will my results look natural and symmetrical? Okay, now, if we're talking about you, you would be very different than, let's say, the next individual. Symmetry is very, very important. Everybody wants to look the same. This is the problem when you have two eyes. Everybody wants their two eyes to match. And sometimes there are some differences between the right and the left eye. And, you know, for instance, one person's right eye may be round in comparison to the left eye, which could be oval. And uh, depending upon what shape they want, you know, that can certainly be catered to. The other aspect is typically more commonly is the puffiness of the lower eyelids. And there's a, many different ways to take care of it. So the puffiness itself is usually due to the fat pads starting to exert their efforts in trying to make a person look tired, you know, with, the, with all that puffiness under the eyes and also the dark circles. The other aspect that we also see with that is that the skin can actually be starting to become crepey. So some people may not have the puffiness, but what they can have are problems related to the skin itself. When it's crepey, there are things that can be done that can address specifically that. Some of them are medical, uh, you know, such as the use of topical creams, and others are non-medical but surgical, where the skin needs to be tightened or the skin needs to be uh, rejuvenated with certain types of laser procedures and um, stimulation of the stem cell production in the area. What can I expect on the day of surgery and how long can I expect my results to last? That's a very good question. Everybody's different as to how long a surgery will last. Uh, generally speaking, a good surgery will last seven to 10 years, even longer. The most important thing about the surgery is that it needs to look very natural. Uh, we're in the Pacific Northwest. We're not in, uh, let's say, the, the glamour zone. And people here like things to look very natural. Uh, to me, the nicest compliment that we receive is when an individual says, nobody has noticed I've had something done, but certainly I could see the difference or my spouse can see the difference. That to me is very, very important. The, uh, there is always, in talking about the surgery itself, there is always uh, uh, apprehension in having a procedure because people are concerned that they're going to look very, very different, and they're not. Uh, this is a natural process, and what we're trying to do is bring them back to the rejuvenation uh, phase where they look more youthful, uh, more presentable, less tired, uh, and um, comfortable with them within themselves when they're visiting with friends or relatives or other people. Will I have much bruising and swelling and how long will I have to take off of work and exercise? Will you have a lot of bruising and swelling? That's a tough question because everybody's different. Some people have a little bit of bruising. A lot of, a lot of other people have a lot of uh, bruising. Everybody's different as to the amount of bruising. One of the things that uh, we pride ourselves with is the fact that we use a laser to do the surgery. What the laser does is it seals up the blood vessels as you go. So actually it minimizes the bruising. And I've shown this years ago when I was first starting to use the laser. Uh, I would you know, uh, look at patients afterwards. I'd, I'd say to them, would you volunteer if I use a laser? This is close to 30 years ago. And at that particular point, 
I was noticing that patients had less bruising following the, the use of a laser and doing the procedure. And since then, I have adapted the laser, uh, and I find that that helps to minimize the bruising. If people do get bruising, typically the bruising is going to be a mark on the, uh, on the cheek, similar to the way the football players wear their mascara. So you, if you're here in Seattle, it would look like the Seahawks, you know, um, uh, you know, team. And um, we know this because, uh, uh, and and that of course is called mascara. But um, you could tell people if you have the procedure that um, you have uh, mascara. Uh, I, I learned this from a, a professional football player that that's what they call it, and it is a bruise that's there for about a week or two following the surgery. However. If you're playing this around some big to-do, like a banquet, party, black tie affair, or wedding to go to, give yourself about two months. 80% of all the healing occurs within the two-month phase. And um, if the wedding is still coming up, what you can always do is just ask them to put the wedding off until you heal a little bit better. I'm sure the bride will love to hear that. When can I start wearing my contacts after my surgery? Uh, wearing contacts after surgery is uh, a very, very difficult question to answer because some people can actually go back at two weeks. Others can go back at one month. It really truly depends upon the uh, amount of surgery that they're having done. If somebody comes in and has, let's say, severe pu uh, puffy lower lids and their skin is very, very loose, and we have a lot of work to do, in other words, on that, uh, they would... Uh, most likely have to be out of contact lenses between two to four weeks. But generally speaking, I would say by two weeks, most people are able to go back to their contact lenses. Wonderful. Well, I'm planning a big vacation and I'm planning on swimming in oceans and pools. Is that allowed? And it does flying on an airplane affect the result? Can you swim? Uh, do you know how to swim? That's the first question to ask. If you know how to swim, yeah, you can swim. But um, the important question is, when can you swim following the procedure? Um, if you are going to get an infection, typically an infection will occur within the first five days. That's uh, based on the studies. Past the fifth day, following the procedure, the chance of getting an infection goes down tremendously. We do have you use antibiotic ointment uh, following the procedure, but if you decided to go swimming and it's been about, let's say, two weeks, that's a very comfortable time. There would not be a problem. You may have some irritation to uh, the, the wounds, uh, but um, that should not be a major factor. Uh, what was the other part of the question you were asking? Can I fly on an airplane? Oh, yeah. Can you fly on an airplane? Uh, we have patients who fly down from Alaska. I've actually had some consultations from patients from Hawaii who have actually gone back to Hawaii and they want to know when they can get back to the sunshine and everything like that. And uh, Alaska, uh, people like to go back up there soon because of family. And so you can get, a, get on an airplane after about five to six days following a procedure your risk factors are really within the first five days. So what you're saying is that I can go back to my regular life as soon as I have surgery, as long as I'm careful not to get an infection? 
Well, it depends upon your job. And it also depends upon uh, what you do. Uh, uh, essentially, what I would say is that um, my nurses always advise you two weeks. Uh, if you have a question, two weeks. Uh, two weeks is a good general rule. Uh, the interesting thing is that people say, well, I'm very athletic. I want to go back to running. What we say is two weeks is when you could probably go back to full running, but um, you could start walking after a few days. The risk factors are truly within the first five days. For instance, the first and the second day are your risk factors for uh, more swelling and more bruising. So we really want you to chill. And by chill, that means, you know, the, the lingo is, you know, to rest. But also what chill means is cold compresses. So chill means two different things, not just chill with cold compresses. So you really have to take it easy to risk, to prevent the risk of more bruising. We're trying to get you back into society as quick as possible. Um, I, you know, like to think of different people as needing different times, depending upon what they do. And for instance, people who have a regular desk job, you know, they want to go on Zoom, uh, etc. Short work week, I could foresee you being back into a lot of do doing a lot of things in five to seven days. Uh, however, if you are a celebrity, different story. We have a following of flight attendants, and uh, the flight attendants all seem to be back at work in two weeks. And um, so they're flying around. They've vouched for how flying does not really truly do any damage. But at two weeks, they may still have a little bit of a bruise. And if they do, cover up is uh, indicated for that. Um, airline pilots typically will take one month. Bus drivers, usually it's three to four weeks, but that's more common sense. But again, two weeks is a good general rule for getting back into, let's say, normal society. Okay, and our last question for the day is, is this going to be done in a hospital and will my insurance company cover it? Uh, will it be done in a hospital? No, we have a certified ambulatory surgery center. This uh, uh, is an outpatient area uh, we have uh, a center that allows us to have a specific team that is focused for you. I cannot do this job by myself. I need to have somebody there to uh, give you some sedation to make you very comfortable so that you are relaxed and enjoying uh, the uh, the work that's and reap the benefits from the, the work that we are going to do. The important thing to know is that the team is the number one aspect that I find very, very helpful with having a surgery center. That's an advantage. Uh, the hospitals are also okay. We do do some hospitals for people, uh, hospital surgeries for those people who are super high risk, but it's not really necessary. They don't need to necessarily go over to the hospital. And what we find our feedback from our patients is they find themselves spending about two, two and a half hours. Uh, we have patients, for instance, who drive three or four hours. They come like 3 a.m. in the morning, they leave home, they get to the office at 6 a.m., have their surgery and they're home for breakfast and they love that. They, they like the idea of being able to go back home the same day. And that's the way we like to do it with an outpatient type of surgery. 
There was another part to that question. And um, can you uh, repeat it, please? Yes. Will my insurance company cover your services? Okay. Will my insurance company cover it? Uh, there is not a single insurance company that will cover baggy lower lids. They couldn't care less about your baggy lower lids. Uh, you can have the baggiest lower lids in the world that's even pushing on your eyeglasses and they couldn't care less. They'll tell you to change your eyeglasses. <laughs> now, if your eyelid, your lower eyelid is very, very loose and you know what I'm talking about. These are the people who have like a puppy dog look or, um, you know, they the whites of their eyes are showing. Insurance may cover something, but that requires a petition. And by a petition, what that means is we submit the information to the insurance and the insurance company will render a decision in two to four weeks. But uh, quite frankly, uh, we find that uh, uh, if you're coming in for baggy lower lids, don't expect your insurance company to cover it. They send us notes and they state this. They say, don't even submit it. We got plenty of other things to worry about and we're not interested in your baggy lower lids. Well, Dr. Lakaitis, thank you for all of this valuable information. We look forward to seeing you again in the near future. Oh, well, well thank you. I certainly had fun doing this. This was a, a great um, opportunity and I hope it gives everybody an idea and a perspective as to what's involved. Thank you so much. For more information, please visit Dr. Lakaitis' website at allurelasercenter.com. That's www.allurecosmeticcenter.com.